It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Welcome to This Week in Fantasy. (sighs) (sighs) No, not that kind of fantasy. A little more nerdy, a little less... Sexy. I mean, is there any doubt that Superman wouldn't be the greatest fantasy baseball player in the world? That's the ticket! That's right, BGN Radio, and it is time for a little uh, This Week in Fantasy. Uh, We are on episode number 13, lucky number 13, uh, as we're getting into the Halloween month, still, um, you know, eating the Halloween candy before the trick-or-treaters come. Again, doesn't really mean much other than me getting fatter, but I tell you what, uh, we are in the midst of more injury-prone news, a lot of different shakeups now, too. And potentially some pretty good stashes on the waiver wires we look into this week. Let's welcome everybody in from FF Toolbox and uh, from Chicago, Illinois as well, the most beautiful city on the planet Earth, Mr. Tony Casali. What's happening, sir? Uh, feeling good, feeling good, John. In the middle of a uh, Dayquil detox right ah. now, so I've got the shakes. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, hey, we're going to make it through. I love it. I'm glad you're with us here. And, of course, you can hear him uh, pretty much every week on BGN Radio. Also from 97.5 The Fanatic and from rotowire.com, Mr. James Zeltzer. How are you, pal? Tony, I feel like every week we're here, Tony's on some sort of drug or, or uh, <laughs> rehab or whatever. Tony, And they're all legal drugs. I don't know what to do, Tony. I don't know how to help here. Yeah, put put down the prescription pills, pal. There's there's it's a there's, it's a as the onion had it. It's a <laughs> cask aged Robitussin. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, let's uh, let's run them down here, guys. I mean, um, you know, we talked about Marvin Jones' infinite return, and of course, Tony hinted last week that well, he tweaked his ankle, and now Bengals have put him back on IR for a, a good length of time. So so there goes that. Um, we'll run down everything else too, and then we'll go over the things. Uh, Sproles, uh, Darren Sproles has the MCL injury, but he's got the bye week this week. Going to be paying attention to that as well for a lot of those flex players out there. Big hit in Miami as a lot of no Sean Moreno 
Owners were expecting him to come around and have a big impact. I was one of them, but then he tears out his ACL. So we'll get into uh, Lamar Miller. We'll touch on Jimmy Graham. Still looking like he's uh, going to be another week or two, even though he's had the bite arrest. Calvin Johnson not feeling great. Uh, other big news. I mean, it just keeps getting worse. Every time you look down at ACL, 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 Victor Cruz, the torn patella tendon. Uh, in Philadelphia on Sunday night. We'll get into Kevin Ogletree there. Stephen Ridley also uh, MCL, ACL out for the entire year. So, guys, that's a lot of injuries right right off the bat. So, uh, Tony, with Marvin Jones, again, is this? are you pretty much staying on the same course if you're a Sanu owner or uh, now that A.J. Green's still kind of questionable here? What's your take in Cincinnati with wide receivers? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think it really changes too much. I think, you know, everybody came into the year not expecting too much from Marvin Jones right off the bat. You didn't waste any big high picks on him. Maybe you sat on him or picked him up later. So it didn't really it didn't really cost you too much if you were hoping that he would come around because he never did. Uh, so so you didn't really cost you too much, although it is a shame for him and uh, and his season being gone uh, with A.J. Green being up and down and Sanu is just looking better and better. Uh, I think you just stay high on Sanu, even if A.J. Green's in there. Now he doesn't have to worry about his job getting taken. He can play comfortably, and it shows. He's playing great. He's playing out of his mind. So so go ahead and hold on to Sanu. I think he's somebody you can start uh, any week that A.J. Green's not in there, and you can consider starting him in your flex, uh, even with A.J. Green in there. Yeah, and it... Um, he- I just think uh, with the other guys on these lists, uh, Sproles is is just going to be a basic wait and see if he was your main flex play for whatever reason. If you were in a deep league, you're just going to wait and hold on to him. But uh, moving to the other running backs, James uh, Ridley in uh, New England, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that are still backing him up. And again, it's it's the usual of what will Belichick do? How will they approach this from week to week? Uh, Ken Vereen now step back up into that RB2, maybe even borderline RB1. Um, and what are we thinking with James White and Bolden in that, in that situation in New England now? Yeah, well, you mentioned it. It all comes down to the hoodie. It's so tough to know what this guy's going to do on a week-to-week basis, even when he has healthy running backs. Uh, I think the only running back that I would feel comfortable starting, uh, at least for the next couple weeks so we kind of get a feel for what's going on there, is Vereen, especially in a PPR you have to figure that Vereen's workload is going to increase. He hasn't really gotten the workload that we expected coming into the season. Uh, it does look like when the Patriots are down, he's on the field a little bit more, obviously, in throwing situations. But I think they're going to have to work Vereen into the game plan a little bit more with Ridley gone. After Vereen, you know, I, I think it's a toss-up. White obviously looked good in training camp, but has done nothing on the NFL level. Bolden has had a little bit of success. More likely he was active last week for his special teams abilities, more so than as that third string running back. Um, and then Jonas Gray, a guy on the practice squad that the Patriots seem to like a little bit. So I honestly, I couldn't tell you which of those guys is going to be the guy. If I had to guess, I'd guess White just because uh, he seems to have the most ability as a runner. But uh, I think Shane Vereen is clearly the only New England Patriot running back you can feel happy or, or safe starting uh, but I do think, you know, especially in deeper leagues, you need to go out and get a white or a bold and, and take a shot on that upside. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. And again, it's probably I agree with you, James. I think James White is is usually the guy that's probably going to jump out. And for whatever reason, I I, <laughs> I think the hoodie's just going to be like, Haha, nope, it's Bolden, and kind of pull a rabbit out of his hat and give him limited. Yeah, or touches. Jonas Gray out of nowhere. Exactly. You know, it's it's the kind of thing that Belichick would do. Exactly. And to, Tone, do you kind of feel the same way? Any different takes on what's going on in New England? No, I, I actually yeah uh, totally agree with James there because I've I've seen you know I've seen him go to Bolden. I've seen him play very well and then you go and pick him up on your waiver wire and he gets two snaps the next week so it's yeah it's a tricky situation i think james white's a pretty exciting uh uh, guy to maybe have on your bench and you can even put bolden on your bench too but i it's going to be really hard to know when to put him in your starting lineup yeah and absolutely tone will stick with you as we go to miami here and you know lamar miller now finally becomes the guy um i wasn't high on a high on him during the preseason but he's you know, been impressive with the touches that he's gotten when he's when he's right around the ten to eleven, and now uh, probably even way more carries because there's really no other running back situation or uh, excuse me, running back backup um, behind Miller here. So where where's his value for you right now? It's it's actually huge. I mean. Uh, in in most leagues, he's probably going to be owned unless some some you know reactive people dropped him when no Sean Moreno came back. Uh, he should be owned. He's going to be a low end uh, running back one probably for the rest of the season, assuming he can stay healthy. Look, he's averaging five point two yards a carry this year. And, and granted, he's been splitting some time, and that might go down a little bit. Uh, but he's been playing up to the potential that they had expected for him going into the beginning of last season. Uh, the only people behind him now, Damian Williams. Uh, you know, Daniel Thomas, who, you know, they had cut, they just brought him back. I'm not really worried about him losing uh, any touches to these guys. So I think Lamar Miller's a no brainer. I think, you know, this week they've got uh, they've got Chicago uh, they're Chicago's a better against the run this year, but they're still not great. Uh, so if you're doing one of those weekly leagues, uh, you could definitely consider, you know, usually takes them a week or two to catch up with the value of these guys. Somebody like Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller might be a really good value for you. And moving to New York, James, I mean, Victor Cruz, is a, that's a huge blow to, I think, that the New York offense. It was a guy that was was coming around, and you had said in the, even in the preseason that this is the guy that's going to make a bounce back. Eli will make a bounce back. And they proved that for a couple of weeks there during that three-game winning streak. Um, but one, who do you replace him with? Do you have any, you know, Kevin Ogletree? I know they just signed him. I don't know if he's going to be a commodity. Obviously, Ruben Randall's value moves, moves up. Odell Beckham Jr.'s level moves up here. But um, how are you feeling with that situation? And where are you looking to for help right now? Well, uh, I think you you put it pretty pretty well there, John. I think that the guys who move up in terms of at least on the Giants in value, Ruben Randall all of a sudden becomes their number one target. Uh, if he wasn't already, I mean... He already led the Giants with 49 targets on the season, 18th in the league in targets. Uh, he just needs to do a little bit more with those targets, has been targeted in the red zone a lot. So I, I think Ruben Randall, if he's not owned in your league, and obviously he should be, he's owned in a lot of leagues, but I believe uh, at least as ESPN leagues as a barometer, he is only currently owned in 53.8% of ESPN leagues. He needs to be owned in 100% of leagues. He is the, the number one guy for that offense now. Uh, they want to throw the ball. They want a lot of quick hits. They want to move. I think he's a great, great play in PPR lineups, especially moving forward. Um, and then Beckham, you know, look, this kid has all the talent in the world. If he could stay healthy, uh, he's going to get a chance. Uh, I think one guy you didn't mention who I think this will absolutely help as well as Larry Donnell. 
Uh, we saw him have that breakout performance a few weeks ago against Washington, the three touchdowns, and he's been shut out, I believe. I think he had one catch against the Eagles, but for all intents and purposes, shut out uh, the last two weeks despite having that touchdown called back against the Eagles. A, a beautiful catch, by the way. Um, so I think they're going to have to work Danell into the game plan more. I think Danell owners should be happy uh, with this. He should uh, move forward in value. And then I guess you look at guys like Preston Parker and Corey Washington, and I think Parker might be the first guy in the slot they give the option to. He had one good game earlier this season. But, uh, you know, I think Randall and, and Beckham are the guys you get. And if you're not going to get those guys, I think you look to fill with some of the weekly guys on the wire. I'm sure we'll talk about guys like a Brandon LaFell and Andre Holmes. Someone along those lines are probably going to be a better fill-in than a Preston Parker or Corey Washington. Sure, and we'll stick to you. You mentioned Donald will stick with tight ends, and, J- and James will stick with you. Um, uh, this will kind of branch into uh, where we're looking on the waiver wire as well. With Graham being out, I know Josh Hill is a popular kind of um, uh, going to be a popular waiver wire pick for some if you're desperate for a tight end or if you're on a bye week or something like that. Uh, what, what do you expect to, that's going going to happen with Jimmy Graham um, if you're an owner? How are you feeling right now? What should we do? I, I think you're obviously you're you're pretty upset about it. You know, if you, if Jimmy Graham's your guy, he was either your first or your second round pick, or you invested a lot of money in an auction in him. So uh, losing a guy like that, especially at a position like tight end, is a killer for teams. Uh, I'm not a huge Josh Hill guy, especially when you look at this week's matchup against Detroit. Detroit, the best defense in the league in terms of yards against, in terms of points against. They've been dominant this season. Um, so I, I honestly don't like anyone in the New Orleans passing game this week. I think that over the two to three week stretch that Graham is out, I, I think it certainly should give a little bit of a boost, at least to guys like Marcus Colson and Brandon Cooks, just in the sense that, that Drew Brees is going to have to throw the ball to someone. But, but look, I mean, this New Orleans offense, especially the passing offense, has not looked good this season. Drew Brees has not looked good. I, I don't like Brees at all this week going into Detroit. Um, so I'm nervous. I'm nervous if I own Saints players. I'm nervous if I own Drew Brees. I think he probably takes as big a hit as anyone with this grandma issue. And, and then I think, you know, I, I think the running game will get used a little bit more. Mark Ingram returns this week. I think that's big. I think he needs to be owned on every roster. I think ultimately he com- gets that job back as the main guy. But Robinson looked good while he was out as well, so I, I think they're going to try and lean on the running game a little bit more. But either way, tough, tough, tough matchup in Detroit, and uh, I, I think you just got to avoid the New Orleans passing game for a few weeks. Well, that'll take us to uh, where we kind of want to look on the waiver wire. If you're having some of these troubles, I know it's always tough, especially this time of the year. Everybody's been stashing to everybody at this point. But, uh, Tony, are we chasing points if we're looking to Andre Holmes in Oakland right now? Or do you think because of Rod Streeter's injury that he can be the number solid two guy there under James Jones? Uh, I think he can be the solid number two guy behind James Jones, but what is I, I'm not entirely sure what that's going to mean for you, right, as a, as a fantasy owner, and if you're going to be able to do too much with it right off the bat. Look, no, he had a great game, uh, and, and there's no denying it. He's gonna he's he's definitely going to be somebody who could be on your team uh, in in deeper leagues. But I just I, I have my doubts that this is going to be a week in and week out thing. Look, it, I, it appears right off the bat that we're going to see David Carr uh, uh, go for Andre Holmes a little bit. He's obviously uh, going to be one of his good targets. But look, I think you're going to be I think you're going to be chasing. I wouldn't start him uh, this week. 
but he's definitely somebody you can add, put on your waiver wire. These are the kind of guys that I like to trade. These are the guys that I like to pick up and then see who wants to go chase those points, right? So if he's available, I have no problem picking him up. If he has another game, that's great. I just don't have nearly enough faith in the Oakland passing game to see him as being a week-in and week-out starter there. Uh, I, I think he's worth uh, grabbing for sure, but just like Tony said, I, you know, I'm not starting him this week for sure. Um, but I think he's worth owning until we figure out what's going with, on with Rod Streeter. Uh, and speaking of trying to figure out what's going on, again, we're always looking to the St. Louis backfield to maybe have like a little insight on what's going on. Zach Stacy, a little banged up there. Benning Cunningham hasn't been that impressive. James, is this the time to go in on Trey Mason if he's still there? Because he's, he's going to get some carries uh, more than likely, it looks like, if he's going to be backing up here. What's your feelings on Trey Mason now? Eh, you know, look, I think he looked good uh, on Monday night getting, I think he had five carries for 40 yards. One of those was a long carry, so not a ton per carry if you take out that run. But look, I, I think that they're going to try and do anything they can to get that offense going. I, I think I'd rather own uh, Cunningham than I would Mason. I think Cunningham is the clear handcuff there for Stacy. But ultimately, and I was going to mention this towards the end of the pod when we talk about guys who kind of get rid of or at least consider you know benching and I think Zach Stacy's definitely one of those guys I would not have any confidence whatsoever starting him on a week-to-week basis I think all three of those guys Stacy Cunningham and Mason are going to get run uh, I don't think there's going to be a clear guy there I think look Cunningham got the goal line carries against the Niners mm-hmm. the other night so yeah I'm I'm terribly nervous if I'm a Zach Stacy owner I, I'm trying to get 50 cents on the dollar for him if I can and I don't even know if you'll be able to get that uh but as far as Trey Mason goes I just think there's going to be too much that backfield's going to be too muddled in terms of who's going to get the run each week or in terms of who's going to kind of step up and take over on a weekly basis that you're just not going to feel confident starting any of those guys any week except in the deepest of leagues and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of do this next one as a toss-up here, guys. So between uh, Jarvis Landry and uh, Robert Woods, Tony, do you see either who out of that bunch are you picking, if any? Well, I think if I'm going to pick one of those two, I've already sort of seen what Robert Woods has been doing this for a while, and he's always just sort of on the back burner. He had a good game last week, but I, I don't really see uh, much continuing. I mean, they had Darrell Revis all over Sammy Watkins last week. So they went to Woods a little bit. I, I just don't see much of a much of a value in owning Robert Woods. Jarvis Landry is a little more interesting uh, with Brandon Gibson out. It's a hamstring. You never know how long those are going to last. And it looks like, you know, Tannehill favored Landry this this time. He had seven targets versus uh, uh, Brian Hartline's two. So if he really wants to go to the slot, Jarvis Landry's a nice uh, a nice pickup there because you know, they don't have a lot of options there outside of Wallace. Uh, and with Gibson hurt, I, I kind of like Jarvis Landry. I'd go ahead and add him onto your team. I mean, he's a wide receiver four for your team right now. Uh, but if, you know, if this guy, particularly in a PPR, uh, ends up really owning that slot uh, receiver position and gets more targets than than Hartline, then he can be a, he can be a flex in bye week situations. He's certainly not a must start uh, any day, but he's certainly more exciting uh, to me than Robert Woods is. Yeah, I agree. I'd go Landry over over uh, Woods. Neither are very exciting to me. I do think that we've seen that slot receiver position in Miami kind of uh, crop up for a week or two here or there. Devon Bess, a, a nice example of a guy who in PPR leagues had some value in Miami for, for a year or two. Um, but if I'm going for that kind of, you know, someone on the wires in that, you know, one to five percent own range, which is what Landry and and Woods are, I'm going for someone like Brandon LaFell over those guys. Uh, you know, look, LaFell, 
obviously has never been a superstar in the league, but the pat, you know, two of the past three weeks in, in week four against KC, six catches, 119 yards and a touchdown last week against Buffalo, four catches, 97 yards, a couple touchdowns. I think him and Tom Brady are starting to get some kind of rapport going there a little bit. And with Ridley going down, I think New England's going to focus on passing the ball a little bit more. So uh, Brandon LaFell owned in 5% of ESPN leagues. I, I would much rather own than either of those two guys. Yeah, yeah honestly, I, uh, let me just chime in real quick. I think the biggest surprise with that is how little he is owned. Once you mentioned that 5% number, I was actually very surprised. I don't think by the end of this week, it's still going to be 5% for Brandon LaFell. I would actually expect by the time, by the time we're doing this show a week from today, it'll probably be closer to 25%. And speaking of low uh, percentages there, Tony, I mean, do you guys think that's going to be the same way with Malcolm Floyd right now? Uh, surprising again to me that he's only owned in 8% of all ESPN leagues currently. Uh, that's that courtesy of Mr. James Zeltzer. So, um, yeah, I mean, is is that uh, uh, another guy that is is kind of going by the wayside here and nobody's willing to take a chance on here, James? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, he had five for 103 and a touchdown against Oakland. Granted, Oakland, not the best pass defense. But, you know, 72 yards, 98 yards, uh, you know, he's got three touchdowns on the season. The targets have been there. They're looking for him. I think the biggest thing with with Floyd is is staying healthy. You know, he just seems to every time he takes a hit, he gets he's slow getting up. You're worried he's got some kind of issue. So uh, and obviously after missing last season with that that scary neck injury, I, I think the biggest issue for Floyd is is injury. But. Look, Philip Rivers has found a way to spread the ball around there and get everyone except for Keenan Allen, of course, uh, <laughs> involved out there in San Diego. And I think it's going to continue. I think that you might not be able to count on Floyd week in, week out, but I think there are certainly going to be a handful of really nice performances from him from him through the rest of the year on it. Yeah, it's so weird you mentioned Keenan Allen. We're all starting to wait for that to be like, okay, uh, start to be awesome like you were in the second half of the season there. I'm I'm still not sure what's going on. I don't know if that's coverage. I don't know if that's on Keenan. I mean, it's not like they're not targeting him. It's just been been very just mild. And then he had that one big humongous bump for, you know, whatever it was, eight yard, eight catches for 100, 100 plus yards or whatever it was. But um, yeah, interesting. Um, he might, he, maybe he should have been on this list too, but we're going to talk about uh, buying, selling, dropping, or staying. He's not on our list, but let's let's bring it up. Keenan Allen, uh, what were, what are you going to do with him right now, Tom? Reluctantly staying with him. Uh, you know, if you have Keenan Allen on your team, that means, again, you know, like some of these other guys we're talking about, you, you spent big on him. And right now it looks like he's going to do just enough to you know, keep you happy every now and then. It's that one big game here and that one big game there just to keep you happy. The The hope is that you're part of a really big offense, right? It, you know, it, right now, Phillip Rivers looks about as good as any quarterback in the league, and he's making Eddie Royal look like a pro bowler right now. Um, he's just not favoring Keenan Allen, or Keenan Allen's not doing what he needs to with the, with the looks that he's getting. I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to stick with him for another week or two uh, and, and hope for the best. But yeah, it is a little bit, uh, not, it's more than a little bit frustrating watching Keenan Allen right now. Um, you know, what, he had three catches last week, and you just... You're expecting him to bust out anytime. So I'm reluctantly staying with Keenan Allen. If it looks the way it does now in a week or two, uh, I'm going to change course on him. Uh, looking on down the list, the guy that uh, we, you know, we uh, talked about um, kind of on and off here, Eli Manning, uh, James, I mean, you know, just put up an absolute clunker against Philadelphia. 
goose egg uh, all around, basically, for everybody. Um, are you panicking now if you did pick him up as as kind of uh, your quarterback situation? And are you sticking with him, or is this time to buy, sell, drop, or are you sticking with him? I think I'm sticking with him in this case. I think that that Sunday night performance against the Eagles was just about as bad a performance across the board as any team could have put forth there. You know, you can't take too much out of it. The, the Giants O-line was simply destroyed. Justin Pugh, uh, you know, for the first time in his career, probably looked like he literally did not belong on an NFL field. Uh, just utter domination from the Eagles defensive line and defensive front. Um, Eli had zero time to throw the ball. The cruise injury happens early in the third quarter. It, it just seemed like any life or energy that team had left was sucked out of them at that moment. So I, I really don't take too much out of that performance. It was just one of those nights where it was about as bad as it could be. Uh, I look for Eli to bounce back in a, at least a decent matchup against uh, a Dallas defense that has found a lot of success because they've not had to be on the field as much, but on a per play basis is still not that good. So I, I definitely look for Eli to bounce back. He's obviously he's not like a top 12, you know, top 15 quarterback, but I think he's going to bounce back and be better than he was against the Philly for sure. Tony, I'm going to lump in both uh, Colts wide receivers here. Reggie Wayne it didn't look great on Thursday, you know, past Thursday night, but those are Thursday night games and he's been on and off pretty much all season. And then T Y Hilton on the other side, absolutely blows up. Um, what are we doing with either one of those guys? Yeah. With, with Reggie Wayne, I, you know, that's a tricky one because you want to get the most out of these guys. You want to you want to see if you can get the absolute most out of your trade value. And obviously watching T.Y. Hilton do what he did right now, that just drops Reggie Wayne. So he's almost somebody that you're going to hold on to and hope he has another uh, uh, good game out there before trying to move him because you're just not going to get very much for him because currently uh, he's your wide receiver three. He's your flex receiver. He's not doing much more than that. But look. He's still a guy that that Luck's going to go to, and Luck is throwing for over 300 yards nearly every game that he plays. Uh, and now there will be days like last week when T.Y. Hilton gets 200 and some of those yards, but also there's going to be times when Reggie Wayne's going to get himself back in the ball game. He's still going to be a PPR guy that uh, has some value. Um, and that he has a, you know, a reasonably high floor. He's going to have the opportunity to catch a couple of balls for a couple of yards. He's not going to give you a goose egg uh, very often, one would hope. So I am, I would say stick with him if he has another good game or two, though. See if you can move him. I just don't think you're, uh, the market's going to be very high for him right now. James, you selling T.Y. Hilton or are you uh, riding that train until it dies? Uh, it's actually funny because I didn't like T.Y. Hilton coming into the season at all. And I think I was just wrong about that. Uh, I mean, look, if you can get someone to overpay for him based on that performance, definitely do it. But I think T.Y. Hilton's going to be valuable. I think he's a top 10, top 12 receiver moving forward. Uh, I think that offense is going to continue to throw the ball. The offensive line is look much better than expected. They've pass protected well. Andrew Luck is is a, a you know is brilliant. He's, he's he's amazing to watch. He makes things happen, and I think that Hilton is his primary target right now. I think he's going to continue to throw to him and. I think the value is going to be there, assuming Hilton can, can find the end zone. Obviously, that touchdown in the last game is only touchdown of the season. Um, but, you know, and, and Wayne, too. Look, Wayne's uh, tied for 12th in the league with 54 targets. The targets have been there for Wayne as well. I, I just think that Colts offense is going to continue to chuck the ball. And I think there's going to be continued success for fantasy people in that offense. Um, uh, Ronnie Hillman, one guy we haven't mentioned, definitely kind of emerged. Um, so I guess we can feel a little bit safer um, if you did play him great move obviously because there's 
you know, 100-yard games you'll take all day. And um, we can we can talk about that a little bit, but the other guy in Denver we have to deal with right now, Tone, is Monty Ball. Um, so with that, does that change his value? Is that, would you be scared if you're a Monte Ball owner right now with that kind of Ronnie Hillman performance? Yeah, uh, I would be. I'd be, uh, Monte Ball hasn't done anything to secure his job. His first half of the season before going down showed, showed us nothing really. Uh, so I, if I were a Monte Ball owner, if I didn't get Ronnie Hillman, I would be very scared if I was one of the, you know, one of the Monte Ball owners who was able to get up on the waiver wire, had a high, high waiver priority or spent a couple of bucks on Ronnie Hillman. Uh, I think that's really the way to go. I mean, you hold on to ball if you've got the room on your team to see what happens when he comes back. But if you don't have the room on your team, you could, you know, feasibly drop him, particularly if you ended up getting yourself Ronnie Hillman. Uh, look, ball, there's no guarantee. There is no guarantee that when he comes back, this is going to be his job. Um, and that's just going to have to be a reality, a sad reality for people who spent a late first round draft pick on Monte Ball. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, look, Hillman looked better than Ball has all season. That was against a good run defense or at least pretty good run defense in the Jets. Uh, you know, I, I think Ball, first of all, you know, it's a serious groin injury. He's going to be out at least another few weeks. Uh, and look, what has he done to keep the job other than being a, a second round draft pick? He has literally shown nothing this season. Uh, I think Hillman's the guy if he continues to do well. And uh, I also think Jawan Thompson has a chance to yeah. be the guy eventually. I think C.J. Anderson looks zero carries for C.J. Anderson against the Jets. Thompson, eight for 38, look good, look quick. They like him in pass protection. Uh, I think Jawan Thompson is the other D uh, Denver running back you want to own. And I totally agree. I think Tony made the best point. If you have a spot on your bench, if you can keep ball, keep him. But if you need to get rid of him to, to make a move to even go out and get a guy like a, a Jawan Thompson or something for that safety, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't think it was the worst move ever. It's tough. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of that, obviously, throughout the week. Um, next week, we're going to probably introduce Just Get Me 10 because I know it's going to get into more sticky bye week situations and who to play here. Uh, we'll play a little game next week to uh, Just Get Me 10 of who we think can at least get you 10 points in a standard or in a PPR league or anything like that. Uh, with that being said, of, of course, as always, our good listener, Mr. Mario ZMD, checking in as usual. We'll get into the Mario ZMD mailbag, as I just noticed he uh, had a couple of questions here. He's got four wide right receivers and only two spots. Do we go, gentlemen? Julian Edelman versus the Jets. That's a Thursday night game, which is tonight. Uh, Andre Johnson versus Pittsburgh on Monday night. Do we go Mike Wallace in Chicago or Kelvin Benjamin, our good friend in Green Bay, Tony Casale? Which way are you leaning there starting to? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, uh, even though Chicago's looked a little bit better, I'm going to go with uh, Mike Wallace versus Chicago. He's played very well. He looks very quick. And uh, regardless of how Chicago's been, you know, uh, uh, playing reasonably well and getting after the quarterback, uh, the secondary is still very young and exploitable. Uh, yeah, after uh, after Wallace, I think I'm going to probably go with uh, uh, Andre. I'm just not believing in the Pittsburgh defense right now. And I, I feel like Andre Johnson could go out there uh, even with his old man legs and go ahead and get you some points <laughs> uh, against that Pittsburgh defense. They have not done anything to stop anybody yet this year. No, I'm actually for me. Edelman was the name that stuck out as the, the most definite start for me. Uh, you know, that New York Jets secondary is atrocious. Just God awful uh, with the loss of Ridley. I, as we said it earlier, I think New England's going to be throwing the ball. I think you absolutely have to play Edelman there. 
the second one is a lot tougher. I would go between the two guys. Tony said for me, it is between Andre Johnson and Mike Wallace. I think I'd lean Wallace slightly. Chicago a little bit worse against the pass than Pittsburgh has been in terms of fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, but you could twist my arm to go either way, but for me, Edelman's the definite play there. I think we're all going to agree on Wallace, and to be the tiebreaker, I think I'm going to side with James on this one. I do think Edelman versus the Jets, especially on a Thursday night game, uh, the Patriots are at home. Usually that lends to very, very good results, and uh, Patriots are hard right now. I'd, I'd ride them until... Uh, that train falls off. But uh, as we're wrapping up here, of course, it's always time to say happy trails as we get uh, sick of waiting around for somebody to come around on the either your bench, a guy that you're desperately starting, all that stuff. I'll kick things off, and I'm going to say happy trails. I'm on a wide receiver kick, and it's kind of funny that I said happy trails to Michael Floyd considering that uh, yeah, I didn't think Carson Palmer would be, would be back. I'll welcome him back into the ranch now, uh, but I will say goodbye to Roddy White. I just can't I can't uh, keep deciding anymore if he should be in the flex spot or a wide receiver three. Um, despite whatever he tries to do and whatever Matt Ryan connection is there, Julio Jones is is a guy, and actually, um, as I think it stands right now, I, I even want to say that Devin Hester is outscoring him. So I'm just I'm saying happy trails. I'm going to go tell you to pick up actually uh, uh, one of uh, one of these three guys, Riley Cooper. I think he's going to start developing, coming on strong. I see a lot of them, a lot of guys dropping him now. He's a wide receiver too. Uh, if you're in a PPR league, I think that's a must. Um, James's uh, favorite boy, Brandon LaFell. I think that's great. I'll go tell you to chase the points, too, with Andre Holmes, because I think in the long term, he's going to be a better option than, than Roddy White. Tony, who are you saying happy trails to? Well, I'm going to say happy trails to Matt Asiata. Oh, it bye was bye. a nice little run, though. Good for him. It's it's rare that a, you know, a giant non-athletic running back has the opportunity to start several games in the NFL. So good for him. I'm glad he had his shot. Uh, but now it is the Jarek McKinnon era and Matt Asiata. He got, he had, uh, he was out snapped as it were last week, I believe, uh, 48 to only 15 snaps for Asiata. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jarek McKinnon is the new, the new flavor in Minnesota and Asiata <laughs> is gone. I'm just saying words here. I'm just saying words. Whatever comes out of my mouth, you you never know. Neither do I. The new flavor. It's like the a, new flavor. I hope I hope it's snow cones because uh, I love snow cones. James, uh, <laughs> who, who are you saying happy trails to? Well, McKinnon was actually going to be my ad that that I mentioned here. I, I agree. Look, he uh, not only out snapped, out touched Asiata seventeen to four against Detroit. Uh, did looked okay against the best run defense in the league. So. Um, I definitely think McKinnon is the guy there you want moving forward. Uh, and and I, you know what? Drop this guy for him. C.J. Spiller. Oh. See ya, buddy. Spiller stinks. Six carries last week uh, against a New England defense that, that you would hope Buffalo at least could move the ball a little bit on the ground against. Uh, Fred Jackson is clearly the man in Buffalo, both in the running game and, and obviously in the passing game. Uh, I just don't know what to do with Spiller. Look, I, if again, going back to what – uh, Tony had said before, you know, if you can find a spot to place him on your bench, I'm fine with that. But you should absolutely not have CJ Spiller in your starting lineup any week until either Fred Jackson gets hurt or we see him actually do something. Um, so Spiller, see, I mentioned Zach Stacy before. It's another guy I'd be okay with getting rid of. Uh, and again, I, I'd drop either of those guys for Jared McKinnon right now today. 
Um, so that'd be my guy. And also just a, a quick also, uh, screw you to Kendall Wright. Get him off the team too. <laughs> I recommended him to way too many people this past Sunday. One catch for six yards against the hapless Jags pass defense. Uh, Kendall Wright does not need to be on yeah, anymore either. And I, gotta, I actually have to say a, a big apology to Dave Mangles, who uh, I misread his tweet when he was asking for advice. He was going to try to go between him and Hawkins, and I never saw Bolden on there. And Of course, I would have gone with the obvious Bolden choice, but... We all recommend it anyway, so I'll own up and take the shame, but uh, sorry, buddy. Uh, well, again, another great week in fantasy. I hope uh, all of your teams score an amazing amount of points and uh, go crazy. One last thing I will add, though, is that uh, just as I'm reading here, Coach Zimmer did just say that he does want to get uh, Asiata more involved. So take that for what it will, but I do agree with the guys overall that, uh, you know, uh, he's not the guy there anymore. So. For me, uh, John Barchard, for Mr. Tony Casale, and of course, James Elter, we thank you all for listening to This Week in Fantasy. You've been listening to This Week in Fantasy, fueled by Duncan Philly. Hey, you're a fool.